Welcome to Press Track by Track presents Steve on the Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Knocks Me Off My Feet from the album Songs in the Key of Life, released on the 28th of September 1976. In a rarity on this album, it is just Stevie Wonder by himself uh, and nobody else, just him, a Fender Rhodes, a piano, some drums, <laughs> and a synth bass. So, you know, and he's doing his own backing vocals as well because, you know, he can. Um, it is 3 minutes 36, and joining me to talk about today is Ollie Brady. Hello, Ollie. It's uh, 3 minutes and 36 seconds of what I like to call perfection, Darren. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's really weird because this is like a... Well, like I said, on this album, it's rare that you just get Stevie Wonder by himself and nobody else because this is one of the first times where he started bringing in um, you know, a lot of band members. Uh, there are stories from around this time where, because Stevie Wonder is blind, he's not ruled by the rising and setting of the sun. Mm. And so when Stevie Wonder woke up, he would just go to the studio. And when he finished what he wanted to do, he would call some of his bandmates and he would say, would you please come to the studio so you can put down your parts? And that tended to happen at around about four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and a lot of them were like, Stevie, it's four in the morning. And he'd be like, you know, I've already put down the drums, I've put down some vocals, I need you to come in and put some guitar on it. So there's a lot of these tracks that were kind of recorded in the middle of the night. Um, and unusually, I think there's only like on the entire, like at the entire like uh, 21 tracks that are on here, there's only like maybe five where it's just Stevie Wonder by himself. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I don't know, like, I mean, I, I guess at this point, like, the, you know, everyone kind of acknowledges that um, Songs in the Key of Life is, you know, a classic album. And I think kind of the choice you know, among Stevie fans becomes which is the best side out of the four sides, basically. Um, and I think this has probably got, you know, along with coming from I Wish and then going into this and then Pastime Paradise um, and then Summer Soft um, and Ordinary Pain. I I don't know. That's a pretty strong run of songs um, out of everything that's on this album. Um, the first you know. five songs and songs. First five ends with Sir Duke, doesn't it? The first. It does. Yeah, it's so good, darling. But it. It also has contusion in there. Uh, contusion's is. not bad, Darren. It's not <laughs> like it's not like yeah, it's probably the weakest song in album. But I think the other four in that are very strong. Yeah. Let's have have a talk uh, with God is on yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But that's I Love, think that's Love's good. in Need of Love Today is the you know, into Have a Talk with God and then uh, Village Get Land. land. Yeah, yeah. So but I you know, like I say, that's the thing among Stevie fans when it comes to this album. Um, yeah. You know, it depends how much you love disco and whether or not you find the fourth side to be the strongest one because obviously it finishes with a eight and a half minute disco track, <laughs> um, which is you know an interesting way to finish the album out, uh, complete with George Benson on guitar and backing vocals out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I just like we say, uh, straight up front, six out of five, just a great song. Oh yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I can say this too, and I was saying this to Darren beforehand. I'm a mathematician, which makes it very hard for me to give. Six out of fives. So I'm gonna give it a five out of five because I I won't I won't I won't break my code, darn. But this there's <laughs> there's nothing on this song which isn't great. Like it's 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 hard to even explain that when you're sitting down to listen to this and you haven't listened to it in twenty years, and then you hit play and then suddenly you're just hit by every single note is in the right place, every single keystroke. So, like it sounds like the the guy who's hitting the keys is like I want the person to feel this emotion when I do this and I'm going to sing this lyric right at the same time as that keystroke's getting in and you're like 
God damn, this is getting to be Stevie Wonder. Like, stop it. Stop being inside my mind. Stop being... You're inside my heart right now, Stevie. Stop it. Stop it. Get off, get off me. I, no, I, you don't have permission to do this to me, Stevie. Oh, I'm crying. That's that's basically the song to me. And I think, I think the, the, like, the kind of... The thing that people underestimate Stevie Wonder for is probably his drums. And it's such a wonderful kind of, like, light kind of, you know, drum track. And then over the top of that, you know, it's I mean, I mentioned a lot of instruments, but it's mostly his voice that kind of carries this song. Mm. Um, and he goes for, you know, um, this kind of story song uh, where he says, I see us in the park strolling the summer days of imaginings in my head um, and words from our hearts, which I think he's trying to rhyme with park, which is, you know, a, a an, I mean, as he's as he's grown as an artist, his kind of rhyme schemes have become a bit more mature. Um, although he does rhyme head with said, so uh, he says told only told only to the wind felt even without being said. I don't want to bore you with my trouble, but there's something about your love that makes me weak and knocks me off my feet. Yeah. And it's also the way he says <laughs> something about your love. Like it's just it's yeah. such a brilliantly brilliantly delivered line. Where yeah, I, another artist I could imagine saying something about your love, and I'd be like going. Oh, it's the Spice Girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I then of course, like in the pre-chorus, he kind of just repeats that. There's something about your love that makes me weak, and just the way that he hits, he hits the kind of the words of you know knocks me off my feet. Mm. You know, just the way he kind of does that. And then the chorus is you know I don't want to bore you with it, but I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> and so um, at this point, obviously uh, Stevie Wonder he had uh, he had his kid Aisha. Uh, he was with a new woman. Uh, the first of a few. Um, <laughs> Darren, and throwing shade as always. Well, I mean, you know, he's got like nine children by at least five different women after this point. So, wow. Uh, I said this on I've said this on other tracks though. Like once he has kids, the rate of his production in terms of songs goes down really quickly. Yeah. And so obviously, over the next kind of like thirty years, he barely puts out any music, but he's got nine kids. And so I feel like he immediately makes the choice to be like, I'm not going to mess this up the way I did my first marriage. I'm going to spend, spend more time with the kids. With kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that sentiment is in this song. You know, like he's the fact that it's a kind of, you know, he's given this story, you know, like of, you know, we lay beneath the stars under a lover's tree and seen through the eyes of my mind. You know, I reach out for a part uh, of me that lives in you and that only our two hearts can find. And then, of course, you know, I don't want to bore you. Um, and so, like, and then the kind of the you know once we've got the the kind of the repetition of there's something about your love that makes me weak and knocks me off my feet, the chorus then just kind of gets repeated for the rest of the song, and occasionally he'll throw in a darling. Yeah, I don't want to bore you with it, and it's just kind of you know it's about the kind of purest thing that he's done in a while where he's just clearly in love, and you know is singing directly to the person that he's in love with, um, who I think he broke up with about two years after this, <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, once things got hotter than July, that was it. He was out of the relationship and moving on. But of course, I think the daughter and the son that he had for this marriage both now tour with him and sing with him. Oh, so, that's brilliant. You know, I will say yeah, this: it's kind if of... you're ever in a relationship where you get to the point where you're writing a love song with them, I think that's a legally binding contract for life. Um, <laughs> because yeah. if you've written a song, that's never going away. You need to, you need to bear down and live with them i think that's why some artists tend to write songs about people who've broken up with them as <laughs> exactly because well. <laughs> we'll do it afterwards that's fairly permanent then <laughs> you know if you're gonna get revenge then you know i, I feel like a song pretty much kind of lazy down mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know i just kind of 
the, you know, I don't want to bore people, but you know, the structure of it is is kind of perfect. Just the fact that you have these kind of you know this kind of gentle drums, and then you know all the instruments that are on top of that just kind of you know just add to it. And then you know we've got these wonderful lyrics. And I think as well, there's there's something to be said for the fact that the kind of Stevie has this thing where he says, "I see us in the park," and obviously the tragedy is. He can't. He won't yeah. ever see anyone in the park. Yeah. So there's always a little bit. Whenever he kind of, I mean, it, obviously it's just a kind of a, a normal thing that people do in songwriting anyway, is to say st- stuff about seeing something, uh, even if you know they can't see. But this, the kind of fact that he says, you know, in the imaginings in my head, and it's like, it's kind of almost heartbreaking that you know the people that are closest to him, he will never see, other than kind of imagining them in his head. Mm. Um, and then you know this the whole kind of you know the lives in in you that only two hearts can find you know again he's he's kind of it's it's so kind of um you know pure uh, it's funny that it was basically sampled by old dirty bastard that's the you know that's the kind of i guess i guess odb just found the love to be so pure that he was like that sounds really good let's sample it what the, um, what songs does he sample that on Literally just like oh oh on shimmy shimmy yeah shimmy shimmy yeah it's literally like the it's literally the opening chords are like what it's kind of the the basis for the song oh. um, yeah uh, but I mean I don't know it's it's such a great song and 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 I think you know you can only really appreciate it by just listening to it and also at this point we've reached you know we're now getting to the point where Stevie Wonder you know is at the end of this kind of classic run and you know his songwriting skills you know his kind of his playing you know because he he's always played the drums but like he, the way he kind of plays grooves has gotten so good um and then also his voice has matured you know even though we start off with him you know as a nine-year-old with perfect pitch but at, over these last few albums he's his voice has kind of matured and just his like just a very specific way that he kind of punctuates songs with certain lyrics and the you know in particular the way he says you know that makes me weak and knocks me off my feet like just the way he delivers those lines it's so kind of precise and you know it's clear that at this point he's writing songs exactly how he's kind of you know hearing them um you know and that that i mean that was one of the things that he kind of talked about when he got the tonto is this was like he said to them this is how this is how the music sounds in my head and that's how he kind of put it down and i think over those few albums he's kind of learned a bit more how to hone exactly what you know, is in his head and how to get it down onto oh. kind of, you know, onto record. And, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm guessing pretty much every song is exactly how he wanted it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of amazing to hear. I was thinking about this when I was coming on to, to talk about a song from this album. And I mentioned on the last um, track I recorded with you is I it's hard. To, like every track on this album, I know you don't like Contusion. And yeah, it's probably the worst song in the album. But when... I listened through Songs in the Key Life, which is still the only Stevie Wonder album which is probably in even semi-rotation. Like I still use CDs, right? So because I like them, I just I just happen to like the I like the feeling of going up and putting a CD into the CD player. I have a record player. I like putting a record on the record player. It's probably the only Stevie Wonder that's in the first twenty albums. Because let's face it, if it's not something's not in the first twenty albums, you're never getting to it because you'll find something really good in the first 20. And Songs in the Key Life is there. So every now and then I'll just throw it on. And there isn't a single piece of music that's out of place in this album. There isn't a point where he hits a note or he plays a little riff or he bangs a drum where you go, he didn't need that there. Or that's a little bit too much. Or 
you know what what's this for why is he singing this lyric why is he doing this everything is in the right place in the right amount it's like if you were to come along and as i I keep talking about being a scientist and stuff if you were to come along and be a scientist say i'm going to make musical perfection this is what you would get like it's everything doled out in exactly the right place exactly the right tempo exactly the right loudness the 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 way that the musical instruments interact with each other so that there's a, there's a point here at the uh, at the start the second time he starts the chorus where he he hits uh, a drum beat twice he doesn't hit anywhere else on on the track and yet because it's coming into the second of the choruses it's like a real punctuation it's like boom, boom and then suddenly the chorus comes in now it's not like just so you know it's not actually boom, boom right i'm not i'm not stevie wonder <laughs> but it is a definite double hit sound which doesn't show up on the rest of me like oh the course comes in you're like all right yeah so it's just like it's a real signal that this was going on and little things like that there are just so good and the entire album is like that like darren's going to be here for the next two weeks talking to 10 different people going that's a six out of five that's a six out of five this song here it's a six out of five so duke 26 out of five because it's just uh it's my favorite stevie wonder song so i'm never going to say it bad about it but um yeah it just look everybody if you haven't listened to this album i I don't know why. Um, if you haven't listened to it in a while, just drag it out and listen to it. Go on to YouTube and listen to it. The whole thing just flows so good. Now, interestingly, this song, uh, on its 20th anniversary, was covered by three different artists. Um, and I don't know why they all did it. I mean, I guess because it was, I don't know, in the zeitgeist. It's 1996, uh, right? Yeah. So can I guess the yeah. three artists, Darren? <laughs> you can okay. if you wish, right. yes. So Duncan James from Blue. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess that Oasis did a cover and uh, who was the um, who did who did Ebenezer Good Darren what's the name of that band you know E's are good E's are good he's Ebenezer Good who are those um, <laughs> yeah oh, there was some electro punk that electro punk band who did E's are good they, was it them was it that, those three no although interestingly enough like the the highest selling artists of 1996 were the Spice Girls um, you're not going to tell me co- they did a version of this song and they no oh. they did collaborate with one of the people who covered this song oh. uh, because they did a cover of Ain't No Stopping Us Now with Luther, Van- Luther Vandross um, and he uh, he covered it although his didn't chart uh, instead Donnell Jones um, who I I mean I've never heard of no. him um, but he managed to get to uh, number um, 49 on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 oh. with a cover of this song. So not uh, exactly then, hot, more of a lukewarm one. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Prince Protégé Tevin Campbell uh, covered it for the soundtrack to the film A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Um, oh, my God. The, the, the Martin <laughs> Lawrence-directed um, hit. Um now, interestingly, this song is like well known to a certain group of people um, because it appears in the Queen Latifah joint Beauty Shop, mm-hmm. uh, where it is played by one of the uh, the characters t- uh, to uh, I think to Queen Latifah, um, and it's quite it's like an important moment in the film. Um, oh, it's actually played by uh, Jimon Hunsu who at the time, of course, was, uh, I don't know, between being a villain in different films. Uh, he unfortunately <laughs> seems to become typecast was, in various cinematic universes as playing villains yeah, these days. Yeah, because uh, that would have been just after um, 
he he made his big break was in America, and I, that would have been just after in America. If I'm thinking of this, if the right movie, so it's like here's your here's your your thing. You're now you're now a good guy, and then suddenly after that, as you said, after that, it's just like gladiator comes true and then everything is villain roles after that despite the fact he's a good guy in gladiator it's doesn't make any sense i i love gmail hansu i think he's a brilliant actor yeah um and also uh another prince um well more of a collaborator than a protege uh the saxophonist uh naji uh also covered this and i'm guessing because he kind of well, he plays the saxophone, he plays the flute, so I'm guessing it was a smooth jazz cover mm. um, of this. Uh, but yeah, so like obviously it's been covered by a number of other artists. Uh, in particular, it finds its favour in people auditioning on various um, like pop idol, American idol, Canadian idol. A number of different people have kind of... Um, if you search for, like, you know, uh, Knocks Me Off My Feet covers, you'll find a whole bunch of those. Um, and, and you know it's just kind of a popular song for people to use and like I said sampled by ODB for Shimmy Shimmy Yard was it uh, was it ever performed on Glee? I don't think it was <laughs> actually um, there are there are at least 10 other Stevie Wonder songs that were performed on Glee and charted um, and you know if you ever go on uh, Genius and you look up lyrics pretty much like pretty much a ton of songs just say cover by and it says cast of Glee um, this is not one of them um, so, yeah, so, you know, even 20 years afterwards, it was still kind of finding, you know, a second life, um, you know, being covered by a number of people, which I can, can understand because obviously the sentiment in the song, um, you know, about being knocked off, off off your feet by someone being so in love with them, I think is something that, you know, a number of people can relate to. And so, uh, in, well, in particular, the kind of, um, you know, smooth R&B singers, you know, it's an easy song for them to kind of uh, cover. Uh, in particular, you know, in terms of like the vocal range, it's not like... It's one of Stevie Wonder's more kind of sedate songs if you're going to sing it. You know, like some of his other songs, he really kind of goes high or he really goes very low into his register. Um, you know, whereas this is kind of more... I mean, if you think about, uh, in particular, the end, towards the end of As, where he breaks out his growly Stevie voice, um, you know, it's kind of very hard to imitate that. Uh, whereas, you know, something like this, it's, you know, it's a bit of a gentle ballad and it's a lot easier for people to kind of imitate, so... Uh, kind of understandable way it ends up being, you know, an audition song for, you know, American Idol. Because yeah, because it's, it's such kind of if, it's nice and easy. Range. If you can sing, and you know the lyrics to this song, you can sing this song. Like that's that's literally what's going on. Like it's very it, if you've got any sort of tone to your voice at all, it will sound good. And that's the beauty of I think that's the beauty of this album is like stevie like stevie wonder is a great singer i'm not saying he's not but it's not like he has this amazing distinctive perfect voice um that everybody would be able to, to recognize within half a second right so there are people out there who are better singers that's there's some giant quotation marks there being rubbed around people but so somebody who's a very very good singer should be able to cover this and make it sound good and that's like this entire album is like that. Um, the reason that just something popped into my head there is uh, the reason I'd mentioned Lee is because in between uh, Darren telling me about this and me starting, or sorry, in between Darren asking me to come on, tell me what songs I was going to do, I started watching Glee. And there's an episode, I think it's the fourth season four. That's how long like I've, I've, I've knocked through Glee, right? Because it's on Netflix over here. And um, there is a, a Stevie Wonder one. And halfway through, I was listening to it. I was like, ah, these are catchy versions of it. And I went online and there's a giant BuzzFeed thing, which is 
20 Glee versions of songs which are better than the original. And then in brackets, in brackets it says, suck it up, people. This is true, right? And close the, like obviously close the brackets or parentheses for Americans. And one of them, or sorry, two of the things listed are Stevie Wonder tracks. And the responses, now normally I don't go into uh, like online responses for people. The absolute derision that that writer on BuzzFeed got because he reckons that the version of Sign Seal Delivered and the versions of I Wish, uh, two, let's face it, pretty, pretty damn perfect songs from Stevie Wonder are better if you listen to the Glee version, Darren, which is nonsense. <laughs> I, and I, this is a guy who's managed to watch four seasons of Glee in three weeks. So it's not like I'm saying I hate Glee. I really like the show. It's a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. But that is a nonsense position to take, is that it's better than the Steve Wonder version. Yeah, I mean, I would say with Science and Delivered, like, the production on that song is not perfect because, obviously, it was done as part of, like, the Hitsville stuff. Yeah. Um, so like it's it's not all Stevie playing it. So there are a few, like there's a like when it opens up, there's like a piano that's like a couple of seconds late coming in, mm. and there's like you know the like the opening like um, guitar or something just sounds slightly out. Um, but you know they were doing like a song a day back then, so <laughs> so they didn't really go back and fix any mistakes. Whereas Stevie Wonder was spending a lot of time on all of these songs you know he was spending hours and hours and hours getting them exactly perfect and uh, you know i think that shows on the entire album basically oh this happens um perfection and then he finished the album and he was like oh i'm gonna stick out another four songs and make an ep <laughs> and throw that onto the end because you know i've got nothing else to do at this particular moment um well uh let's go to plugs then is there anything you wish to plug Ollie? no i'm i'm finished podcasting so as i said every time i come on go back and listen to best acquaintances or go listen to me the evil but i do have something to 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 push on darren here um because i heard i heard he might be taking a break from podcasting because he needs to get a, a topic that will really sting to him like so darren i was thinking uh because I, I don't think anybody does a podcast about this band we should do one on you too i don't i can't think of i i, I there's nobody does one <laughs> Um, I've never heard of one and I was thinking we could call it Knowing Me Knowing You Too and we could do it as Alan Partridge how do you, how do you feel that goes do you think, it, yeah. do you think it's got play I mean I mean, um, I will tell you exactly how many songs I own by you two all of and them and it is <laughs> it is it is exactly one and it is a cassette single of Discotheque oh yeah well, um, Discotheque's a great tune though <laughs> yeah. Discotheque and that, and that was and that was and that was uh, that was number one uh, over here. I think for a one week. Yeah, so, nineteen you know. nineteen ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven. Um, you know you're chewing bubble gum. You know it is. <laughs> you still want some. Come on, you two. It's, it's really. Um, obviously. I'm, I, I'm I joking, mean the, but, uh, the vi- I think the I think the video is probably slightly better than the song. <laughs> um, and it's I mean you know it's the most obvious like YMCA. Yeah, it's um, pretty like parody video. It's pretty dirty, yeah. but yeah, it's, I mean, still pretty good, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, like three three years later, they were doing like literally the world's most boring music. So, discotheque is a welcome break. Yeah, from that. I remember. Uh, I I don't want to get into talking about YouTube. I would never do a YouTube podcast. By the way, as an Irish <laughs> person, I just want you to understand that we hate them as much as the rest of the world does. Yeah, but for, from ninety, so they were great. Like the the early YouTube stuff is brilliant. Like it it really is. Um, then pop came out discotheque pop the whole album's called pop art and then they tried something different and it didn't land 
and then there's four albums which i mean it might as well be muzak with the ak and you're sticking it into elevators because <laughs> it just washes over you anytime you hear it and i defy anybody to say if you were to give an individual track to say which of the four albums from 99 <laughs> to 2004 it actually comes from See, if I had if I had a podcast that had a quiz, I would literally just be like, "Which U two album is this from?" and just play <laughs> one from those four albums, and then no, have like. people try and guess. No, most people. I are... mean, is it how to do how to dismantle an atomic that's bomb? Another thing. I don't know. I, like... That's the other thing about it is because that's such a, like as stupid as it is, that's an iconic title that people remember. There are the the other three albums in that time period. I bet you most people would forget the name of the albums. Like they're just gonna be like, yeah. what? Uh, was the album called Vertigo? <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't that uh, isn't that something about there being a line on the horizon? Yeah, the line on the horizon. Yeah. 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 See, Look at you, Darren. Even though I think, even though I only own one U two song, I think you know a lot more about U two than, <laughs> than you're letting on here. Uh, well, for this project, you can find us on Twitter at Stevie by Wonder. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here, Ollie, on this and all the previous tracks. Oh yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. And otherwise. Goodbye. Staring at the sun. Goodbye. Goodbye.